I do think that people buy stuff because influence is influence, but I do think it's gone away from those people who had thousands and thousands of followers. I don't think you need to have that anymore. No. Someone with 500 followers can really have such an impact. Hi, you're listening to Bake the Podcast with me, Aisha Baker. Today, I talked to social media guru and whiz kid, Talia Goldberg. She recently left Seattle Coffee as the head of their social media, but I spoke to her when she was still with the coffee company about how she had changed the brand and what she thinks about social media today. Enjoy this insightful conversation with Talia. Welcome back to Bake the Podcast. I uh, hope you guys have been enjoying the podcast so far and tuned into our other episodes, which were all super awesome with some really empowering women. Today we are at Work & Co. on Bree Street, which is a really cool creative space. And we have the beautiful and extremely dynamic Talia Goldberg in the house. What up? Yay! <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who don't know Talia, Talia is the creative director of Seattle Coffee Co. Yes. And the mastermind behind the new brand direction. So Talia, what I wanted to chat to you about today is obviously all the amazing work that you've done with Seattle. But before we get into that, yes. let's talk about you. Yes. So I obviously know you from the blogger world. Yes. I don't want to use the swear word influencer on this podcast. We weren't we even influencers then. I, I know. Mean, what the fuck is were influencer? <laughs> we were bloggers. <laughs> I'm like, what's an influencer? I don't know what the fuck that is. Um, so before influencer, there, were, there was bloggers. Yes. And everyone always refers to me as the OG blogger, which annoys me because I'm actually not the OG blogger. You were part of the original five, I think. Of I would us. call it the original five. Yeah, <laughs> the five of us that started doing this in South Africa. And um, what made you give up blogging? Why did I give up blogging? I think I could see where blogging was going in terms of, I could see overseas people were updating their blogs less and less. And yeah. I found myself reading blogs less and less. Like when I started blogging, I would read blogs every, every single day, day and there yeah. was content every single day. And then, you know, like Instagram killed the blogging star and it became this influencer thing. And it became a lot more about what you look like and posting pictures of yourself yeah. and that very Chiara Faragani type thing where she'd stopped blogging. It was like completely just Instagramming and I could see that that was the direction was going into and you know also at the time in terms of brands they're like so far behind yeah. in South Africa and like no one was really wanting to pay that much for content and yeah. it was taking a lot of time to produce the content and write it and I was like how am I going to grow this readership if I know personally like I've stopped reading blogs why yeah, would exactly. anyone come read mine why don't I just do a longer caption so that's kind of what I did so at did the time. did you move over to Instagram or did you like did you migrate over or did, were you just like, oh, I'm done with this. I'm going to like do my own thing. I left it up for a while. And then remember I started, I, so I started Nifty yes. and I was like, well, this is kind of the thing that I want to do is so I want to. Nifty is Talia's um, <laughs> startup, original startup yes. that she, she basically designed along with her partner at the time, a business partner, um, this really cool eventing experience, I guess, where you could print, um, your own Instagrams and social media. Was it also social media or just Instagram? So it was basically just Instagrams. Actually, there was tweets also. If there was like a live hashtag, so we called it social printing and then we would do it for like big brands. First one we did was Mr. Price and then obviously we had the website also where you yeah. could like order all your photos. And I saw at the time, I was like, I can either blog and try run this thing or I can do freelance social media for another company, which is not something I really wanted to do. Or 
this nifty opportunity kind of just landed in our laps almost. And I was okay. like, this is something that I can scale that's bigger than me. Yeah, you were so passionate about it. You I loved it. it every day. I loved and it. And that's what I love about you when you get like super into something, you're so into it. Like I think you remind me a little bit of Ray Saragona, which I know we love oh, her I from love Revolve. Her. How you like love the brand, like whatever brand you currently um working on whether it's your own personal startup or company like Seattle you love the ethos of the brand I'm upset like and that's on also honestly like how I choose the jobs or how I land up in those spaces because like I could never work for a company that I wasn't obsessed with yeah. like after Nifty I was offered some other jobs and it was just like I'm not obsessed with these brands like I can't really fake pretend yes. that I like something I don't so did you go to see okay this is like the most disorganized <laughs> podcast but I really want to know this question so did you go to Seattle and tell them they needed a creative director or was that position available for you neither okay so I was I'd been offered a job as creative director of another startup and okay. then they found me after I sold nifty and then we got to salary negotiations and they offered me a amount of money that was just a joke that yeah. I was just like especially because now you'd obviously owned your own business and you got used to a certain lifestyle as an entrepreneur and also a successful entrepreneur because Nifty yeah. was very successful and I said to them like I'll freelance your social media for this but I'm not being the creative director for this amount of money like yeah. it's a joke so I said no to that and then I sat around for a few months and I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next yeah and I posted on Twitter um that I was looking to do some freelance social media if there was anyone who was looking and I don't know if you know Miss Moss She's a yes, she's she, had used, she was also one of the OGs. Oh, she's like OG, OG, the OG. OG. Like but she, she I feel like it. she never really like blogged personal stuff. It was yeah. more she create like she, she curated the content. web in the most unbelievable way. And she messaged me on Twitter and was like, "Why don't you just message Seattle, Seattle? Like they really need some help. Like you're their biggest fan." Yeah. So I literally was there every single morning on the way to yes. Nifty. I would get a Seattle. I would like Snapchat me in the car singing with my Seattle in my yeah. hand. Um, and I was posting every morning that I was going there. And she was like, you're obsessed with them. Why don't you just email them and see if wow. you can help them with their social media? And I was like, that is such a good idea. And you know what? That's the kind of like shit I love about Twitter. I love, love Twitter. Twitter is so like, it's such a female empowerment space. Because like I've gotten so much help from like Twitter friends. Like whether it's like advice on um, like I needed a lawyer. Yeah. And one of my friends just DM me. She's like, my lawyer is really great. Um, you should use her and she's like not expensive and, yeah. and now I'm using her. So it's like a really awesome space for women just to share like resources and like advice and tips and I love that we've got that it's not as negative as, and toxic as, toxic as it used to be. Besides yeah. the like cancel culture and stuff. <laughs> I, saw, I mean, I did see that post about the person who was complaining that you were fake tall. Oh my God. Twitter, which is like but I don't find that toxic. Seen. I just find no, it that like a comedic moment. <laughs> I'm like, how do you care this much about something yeah. like like it's not normal. This is an Instagram. Yeah, Please take no. that comment to Instagram. <laughs> so I love that Twitter's that female space and like where women can like engage on their goals and dreams and stuff. And I love that Miss Moss. What's her real name? Diana. How Diana helped you in like coming to this decision and, and getting a job that you But the best like, thing like, ever was then I, she had slid into my DMs and said that. And I was like, that is such a good idea. And then I said to her, do you by any chance have an email address yeah. for anyone there? And she was like, yeah, sure. Oh my and gosh. She, she literally gave me Pete, who's the co-founder of yeah. Seattle's email address. So I emailed them and 
That's yeah. how I got the first meeting. And the first meeting was really about social media. And apparently they only actually had the meeting with me because, I mean, they get tons of requests for yeah. meetings to do all different types of things. They'd only had the meeting with me apparently because I used to hassle them and rash them on Twitter all the time. Oh when God. are you getting almond milk? When are you getting almond milk? Why don't you have almond milk? Like, like, we, better, um, <laughs> we better meet this lady or she might <laughs> they could really roast us. Yeah, and they were like, they, and like, when are you opening in Seapoint? Why haven't you opened in Seapoint yet? Yeah. Like, we need you. And so they could see that I was really like, a huge fan of the brand so yeah. they had the meeting and I don't think they were expecting anything out so of it. So did you come there with like a proposal? Did you like design a pitch for them or were you just like let's talk? I was like let's talk, let's have a meeting and it ended up being a three hour meeting oh um, with Pete and Barry, the two co-founders um, and at the end of the meeting I got really much the impression that they really did not care for social media. Oh really? The, this was not something they were interested in doing. To be honest Seattle has never ever done marketing. It's just yeah, not part haven't. of their brand well, at all. Well up until now and I think it's so notable. Um, Please tell them that. <laughs> no it really is notable because um, everyone's talking about yeah. I don't know if you know that everyone's talking about yeah. like, Seattle. I, I mean I can see it which yes. is so nice. Everyone's suddenly talking about Seattle and it's just so funny because like, I think we all consumed it and loved the the coffee and stuff, but no one really like was it wasn't inspired a cool to share brand. It. it wasn't shareable. No. <laughs> it was like, oh, let's just go to Celtics and get a Seattle. <laughs> yeah, and it was just the thing you did. And I think the thing with Seattle is they always had the coffee was always good. And yes. that's why you kept going back. And the baristas and the service was always good and always so friendly. And you can never, and they always had that like secret sauce. But yeah. I think in terms of the way that the brand was presented, it wasn't, it wasn't cool in the yeah. way that other brands were necessarily cool. Yes, and they didn't put, you could see they put no effort band. I, I think they didn't, they were probably just clueless. I think it was like they'd had all that branding done for 21 years and yeah. it really just hadn't been looked 21 at 21 years 21 years oh last year in november 22 this year yeah. so like none of the stuff had really changed very much over the 22 years it was the same mags it was the same cups yes it was the same, same logo. t-shirts and logos nothing had really Please changed explain to me what the change in the logo was because <laughs> i see you like saying can you spot the change and i'm like i have been drinking this coffee for so long i do can't not even difference. see the difference yeah um so actually so on the takeaway cups we changed to the time for a while which yes i love the tiger i love the tiger awesome. also i think a lot of people did not get i mean there were very few people who didn't get it and we got a few complaints of like what happened to really the logo? literally complaints. so we only actually got like two complaints so one person said it looked like a cheap imitation knockoff from china someone like legitimately emailed what? that that's kind of and racist then, <laughs> and then someone um apparently a class at one design school thought that we had completely changed our logo to the tiger permanently oh. and didn't realize that it was a limited edition cup and they couldn't really understand but I, th- I thought the messaging on social media was very clear that it was limited yeah i thought so too but, but it's maybe because i know you and i saw you talking yeah about it. and i think that's the thing with social media is that like when you in that kind of like that bubble. ecosystem and that mm. bubble you'll see all my content but like some people have never heard of seattle never had a cup before and like it pops up in someone else posting about it and they're suddenly like oh seattle yeah. and i feel like it's one of those things where you start seeing things it's like when you think about a new car you want to yes. buy and you think oh i really want a mini and suddenly car- every Everywhere. single car it's that car totally so besides the obviously you changed the um i think you made another change so the logo it used to be do you remember that the logo used to be in like a block and then oh, seattle took the block away were well like was floating below it in white so we put the whole thing in a blue block in a blue box and I think it looks a lot more chic and put and clean, together yeah. and timeless and I also discovered through you guys social media that <laughs> yes. the logo was actually very intense like, like a takeaway cu- I thought it was a skyscraper yes. and like coffee cup <laughs> so everyone thinks it's that and I mean I saw that for years and years um 
it wasn't until just before I got the job that I was actually like staring at the logo and I realized it's actually a short cap, tall, grande, a uh, paper packet and a syrup bottle. Wow. You and should like, actually do a competition on like what it looks like and give away coffee, yeah, I think. We did. We did like a whole thing on that and people were like, my mind is blown. Yeah. And like I was... I and also once Twitter. you see it, you can't unsee, unsee it. it. Yes. Because so like you... And you've seen the, the, the skyscrapers for years and years and like that made sense. Yeah. It still makes sense yeah. to me. It's like Seattle. Oh, there might be a city there. So but where does the whole Seattle coffee name come from? Is it like a Seattle... Is so it from Seattle? So Seattle um, is obviously the city where coffee started, where Starbucks started, okay. and coffee culture, like that kind of coffee culture, came okay. from the whole second so the wave of coffee culture. That kind of like second wave where like you took the Italian coffee and you then you kind of made like frappuccinos oh, and your freezes okay. and that kind of thing. And then Seattle Coffee Company actually started in London. Oh wow. Um, in 1995, I think. And all of those London branches were eventually st- um, sold to Starbucks. And they all became Starbucks, which is why people sometimes think that Seattle and Starbucks are connected, but they're not oh, actually. Okay, I see. And then Pete, who's one of my bosses, he had actually gone to London and he was working at Seattle Coffee in oh, London. Wow. And he said to them, this is before they sold, can I get the franchise rights to bring it to South Africa? And they had kind of agreed to that. And at the same time, a guy who was the CEO of Exclusive Books at the time had tried Seattle Coffee in London and was like, I need to have this in Exclusive Books. And they were like, well, we've already promised it to Pete. Yeah. So why don't you guys chat? And that's how the first one in Cavendish actually opened. Oh, wow. And, and the, the first combo one was in Cavendish. was Cavendish in Exclusive Books. And that's my first recollection. That's also of, mine, like when you were in school. Yes. And yeah. I, I would go then. Remember, it was literally connected. So you could literally, I thought it was so cool. Could I could read take a the book Vogue magazines mm, that I could never I ever afford. Like, I could never afford those yeah. huge, like those W magazines and the T I mean, magazines. Like even the Vogue seasonal, I think it's like almost a thousand rand now. Yeah. I actually read it the other day when I was having a that coffee at Seattle. Books. Yeah, I went to exclusive in a waterfront. In the waterfront, my sister and I were there doing some wedding planning um, stuff, and I was like, "Let's just go into exclusive books to look at the wedding magazines." Yeah. And then we we're like, "Oh, we'll grab a coffee." And then we we're reading the wedding magazines, and like I was reading the Vogue, and I'm like, "Oh, these are so Amazing. expensive. Like, I can't afford them, so <laughs> I'll just read them now." And that was like that was my first kind of impression of the brand, and I was obsessed with it. And I remember you could have all the different syrups, and you could really yeah. like customize your coffee in a way that you couldn't anywhere else and I mean for a very long time and I mean still now you can't really get good coffee in most of South Africa yeah it's really difficult to get good coffee and it's difficult to have the experience that I think your guys brand gives on a large scale yeah like I love like the the little treats like the cakes and stuff yeah I love (laughs) I love (laughs) treats um so for me it's like I always think of like the Seattle lemon meringue it's so good um, is that vegan? No. No, it's not. The only things that are vegan are the stuff that we've just launched now, and they're only in Cape Town for now, but hopefully going to be rolled out. And we've got the millionaire shortbreads. That's the vegan treat. And then a couple of sandwiches and oh, some wraps. Oh, cool. And but then you guys more. are doing almond milk now, which is so great. We've always had almond milk, and now we could just launch macadamia. And oh, I'm not okay. sure when this podcast is going live, but there is a third, fourth milk alternative it's going live soon. in... September or November, so I don't know if that's too late. I think you'll have oat milk by then. Yay! And oh I mean, gosh. how long have you wanted oat milk? I want an oat I milk I love forever. oat milk. So when I'm in the UK, because um, a lot of you guys know that I live in the UK for half of the year, and um, I have I became lactose intolerant after my child. 
um, after I gave birth to my son, uh, I just suddenly couldn't tolerate any dairy, which was a blessing and a curse because <laughs> I was like, what Does it fuck? make your throat sore or you just It like sick? makes me literally sprint to the toilet. Like I'm talking about, <laughs> the, okay, yeah. it's a story that I probably shouldn't share in a podcast, <laughs> but I'm going to share. Sure. <laughs> I was in the UK with my husband and we were like just doing like window shopping and he was like, do you want a coffee? So I was like, yeah. And he ordered me a cappuccino. I always have one. I always have a cappuccino and he has a flat white. And he came and he brought the coffee to me and I forgot to remind him because obviously I'd just become intolerant so he doesn't know that I need... I'm a milk or he just forgets. Milk, yeah. yeah. So actually he's also started going dairy-free because it's too stressful for him. <laughs> so he orders like a normal cappuccino, I drink it and we're in WHS um, looking at books and I literally said to him, oh my God. He goes, what's wrong? I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God, I'm going to shit in my van. He goes... No, no. And he goes, okay, um, wait, and we like do this whole recon, and, we, and Khalid's sleeping in the, in the pram. And he goes, oh, that cafe, like, down the street, there's a nice bathroom. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed. I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry. <laughs> and he goes, no, no. And he, like, we start running. Sprinting. Literally running to this cafe. And I just, yeah, I'm screaming, like, left, left, because I didn't know where the place was that he had been to. And I, like, run inside. I'm like, hi, there, table for three, please. And I, like, run to <laughs> the, the bathroom. bathroom. <laughs> and I was just, like, so humiliated. And then after that incident, I Never again. I won't even try dairy. I won't even mess around <laughs> with it. I'm like, it's so embarrassing. You've got PTSD from no, that. No, I've got proper PTSD. So now I obviously explore oat milk, um, coconut milk. I've never had macadamia milk, but done cashew milk um and in the uk i mostly do um almond or coconut or i think they're such delicious alternatives yes because why do you even need milk you don't i mean when i went, I hate milk now yeah i went dairy for like over 10 years ago i think and at the time the only option literally the only option was soy imagine and, <laughs> and i forced myself to have it and i drank it but it was never great like yeah. it was drinkable but it has a very severe taste especially when you go back to like an almond which is a lot more and chilled and so it's not actually good for you so no and it's 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 very hectic the taste yeah, it's it doesn't like really it doesn't bigger. mix well with the coffee it doesn't like bring out the flavors yeah. but i think the almond the macadamia the oats like works I think so much better for me is the most like creamy as and well and the most neutral i think yeah. also yeah so i'm definitely a fan of that and i'm excited that it's launching soon I'm so but excited. let's quickly discuss um i think how you guys are doing user-generated content with Seattle's profile. I really love that you don't work exclusively with like the quote-unquote influencers. Because like for me, I think, I haven't said this on the podcast yet, but I do feel the influencer bubble has burst in South Africa and it's no longer lucrative, I think, for the influencers and neither for the brands. Because people have just become so wise to like the digital space, what kind of content you can get from each different like avenue. Um, and I think the consumer is really smart now. So what I liked about and I noticed that you guys were doing is that you were encouraging your consumers to post their experiences and then sharing yeah. that to love. So I believe way more in user-generated content and that's what I've always believed in. Yeah. And I've never believed in hiring a photographer and getting them to shoot 30, yes. 30 <laughs> images for your, for you your drinking feed coffee? of the same people and it's like all graded the same. Yeah. That looks very boring and I think there was a time when Instagram aesthetics was very important your feed had to look a certain a good way. three years of like the whole preset thing. Yeah. And I think now it's become a lot more and I think also it's shifted in terms of they're obviously more Gen Zs yeah. on Instagram and they're a lot more posting their pimples, floor and all, no filters. And I think it's moving more towards that. Um, I think, you know, what it is about social media that's changed for me, like being in this space for 10 years, not only social media, but the digital space. What I've noticed a massive change is that like 
with that the Gen Zs have brought actually is that there's like this for them social media is just like normal it's not yeah. like for they, us they it was exciting it. yes yeah. it was like just a normal part of life so it's like you know it's just another normal thing it's like magazines were for us so for them sharing stuff it's not really like a big deal it doesn't have to be curated they're not like afraid to I share I feel like theirs is a lot more authentic it's just like you took a picture standing outside the library and it's kind of grainy and it yeah. doesn't have a filter on it and it's very like the whole euphoria generation yes. you just post it and like it's just you I think they would almost be embarrassed by the thought of having like a photographer yes. with a Canon 5D Mark 3 then you're gonna go put it in Lightroom it's just then awkward. you're gonna filter it and it's like so fake by the time and like that content definitely has a place and i mean but i think the magazines did that better i think <laughs> magazines definitely generated high quality content better and i think like when the blogging world was around it was kind of cool to have a camera and it was, fun and and it was i think it was, it was all about fun outlet. and you could see yeah. yeah it was authentic because you could see the the blogger was having fun doing, doing it. it and now if you I enjoyed watching yeah. that i think now it just feels so staged and it yes. feels so stale almost and i feel like it's same same of the same and like yes. i literally can't tell the difference and everyone also the makeup everyone with the contouring and I, like, I feel like everyone's faces started to look the same like i, I literally feel can't like, tell the uh, difference you know yeah maybe i'm gonna take that a step further like aesthetic procedures yeah like if i see the same nose walking around or the same lips like the whole of cape down is the identical. same nude lips yeah the and the identical eyebrows. like um filler on the cheekbone yeah. it's like kind of raised and the, it's called pillow face i don't know if yeah. you know about that but it's like when you put too much filler in your yeah. face and it starts to squish and then your eyes like well, goes crunchy good. yeah that's not, not good. good and a lot of people have that same look and the fake butt and the you know yeah the kylie jenner aesthetic the kylie jenner and kim kardashian and yeah. i think that has a place and i think that some people that is the ultimate goal i mean how many people have you seen that you're like this could be kylie this could be kim. yeah they literally all want to look the same but don't you think it's dead i think it's dead I think it's dead. Unfortunately, some people have changed their whole faces to look like I know, that. It's so sad. You can't really turn back on surgical procedures. I know. I, mean, it's I guess sad. the fillers kind of fill the fillers out. dissolve, but they st- they, you, it's there f- it's there for life still because yeah. you've injected it. So but it's, it's also the whole hood of beauty, and it's yeah. it's it's a very much a look. And I think for some people, that look is still going to be the look for probably five, ten years. Um, but I do think if like, have you watched Euphoria? I haven't yet. No, you are going to be obsessed. I was actually just watching The Bachelorette. <laughs> Which You're is also more real, by the way. Is it? Yeah, it's. Uh, they've changed the... So the reason why I watched it is yes. because they've changed the brand. Okay. So the brand of The Bachelorette was this really curated <laughs> love experience. And then they got this girl in, Hannah Brown, who's like super authentic and goofy and like just different to the usual. And then yeah. she slept with, I think two of the guys or three of the guys on the show yeah and she got slut shamed for it and then she like fought back and she was like you know what like why is it okay for guys to To do do this and not me yeah and it was just like a really cool moment i think for television for a brand like the bachelor yeah so i was like i need to watch the season to see what happens so i literally committed like a full (laughs) week to watching it and now i want to start euphoria Watch oh, Euphoria, I mean, I think it's going to make you terrified that oh you gosh. have a son who's <laughs> oh growing up. And I mean, that's now, I mean, in 10, yeah. 15 years when he's that age, it's going to be crazy. But, but I think I, things self-correct, though. Mm. Don't you think? Like, at first it's crazy and then it's self-correct. Like, I think it's a different stage in terms of like Gen Z just growing up with cell phones. And like, if you think your first boyfriend or the first people that you met, like there wasn't this texting and there wasn't this instantness to yeah. it. Like if you think that we went out on a Monday night, like I used to go to Mercury Mondays and I had my little funny oh, pink, we did, yes. do you remember like your pink disposable Sony, Sony. camera? Oh and my you would God, take all those yeah. fucking selfies of yourself with the camera. The but then and you could you, go through the film later yes, on. Yes, you would and, like, go through it 
later on and you would have to plug it into your yes. laptop and you would have to choose the photos and you would always choose the ones where you kind of look nice yeah and then you oh, would post funny. it later and that was like pre like i mean i was drunk at the time and then <laughs> the next day i wasn't drunk and i could look at these with like yeah. fresh eyes where i think we didn't have instagram story where we could instantly in Make a moment mistake, yeah. post it live and i think there's like so much can go wrong with that instantness yeah. that i think we were so lucky that we didn't have just like someone could take a video of you now and just post it and it could go viral it scares like three me seconds. so much like how how instant things are yeah. and like someone was saying that on twitter there was some drama about some guy putting he had recorded um even his a girlfriend or a girl he was dating having sex and put it on Pornhub. Yeah. And it was just like, like that would never happen in my generation. It's like it wasn't even a thought to secretly record. No. Because you couldn't. You'd have to like Your put up a was camera. Your camera was huge. Like everyone Like how are you going to secretly record? So I think like it does scare me the way things are going. But I also think, you know, we kind of fucked up and we created or I I actually will take responsibility I created some of the like celebrityism in the influencer space <laughs> yes. in Cape Town and it always like haunts me because I see like a million people trying to live up to no that. a million mini me's like doing the <laughs> same thing I did before and it's like oh cringe and, and then I'm like oh I created this problem and <laughs> but then it's self-corrected and now you get like these really um, genuine influencers and I see brands who I and you as well help to like invest in this market now yeah. changing and saying actually we need like a bit more connection a bit more soul yeah. a bit more genuineness um, and not that you'll just say and it's still beautiful content it is still beautiful content and I still think it works I do think that people buy stuff because influence is influence but I do think it's gone away from those people who had thousands and thousands of followers I don't think you need to have that anymore no. I think that someone with 500 followers can really have such an impact I think my sister now is like 10k followers or something she's but doing so well she makes me she want to work out all care. the time she doesn't care about it she doesn't give two shits about the followers but it's also because she'll she be like oh i have this many followers i don't yeah. care but it's also because it's not she didn't make that like her life like yes. that's a side thing that she does like when she's at gym she posts about it or yeah. she gets this new and protein it's so shake genuine and, it, and it's fun and it's like she's not trying very hard yeah. but i think other people would like literally go and buy an outfit or they'll go do you remember yes. how many people would go to like country road shoot an outfit and, and return, return it? it people still do that I'm sure they do. It's like it's terrible. It's like a disease, but it um <laughs> of consumerism. <laughs> it's a consumerist disease. But the the nice thing about like what I'm saying about the self correction, I think each generation starts to like self correct and figure out how to use this new dynamic and In make a better it work. Way. Yeah, make it work for them, yeah. make it positive. And I love that like the content kind of went to this weird like trashy content to people like showing too much realness. Yeah. And then it went to like Oh, we can still take cute pictures, um, like a cute flat lay and post it, even though I'm going to my job at Alan Gray. Yeah. Like, I can still take a flat lay. Like, why not? Why not? I love that. And I love that Seattle showcases the content from the customers and fans who are, are, like, from all walks of life. I think it's more real for me to go to a brand and see that, like, my, you know, lady that does my nails at a Seattle in a, a picture got like featured it's yeah. just like a cool moment i think it's so much more fun because i think most people now expect all the brands to have the same list of people and i can make the list like i yeah. know that it's like a certain 30 or 40 people yeah. but everyone works with and i could sit and go through them and i just 
Seattle has so many fans and we get tagged in so much stuff and because the product is so good people tag us all the time and then so I went and created two hashtags the one was Seattle with wings and then the other was sipping in Seattle and then I just kept using it and it, the truth was we got so much content of people who weren't influencer influencers yeah, but it are they aren't officially influencers yeah, with the department of influence <laughs> <laughs> you get your badge for the month you influence yeah, like, me yeah, I paid my monthly fee <laughs> but because we started posting Posting them and sitting in a very natural way and something that wasn't superposed and they were uploading really nice quality images and then I just visco cam it slightly at yeah. the same filter so I was gonna ask you do you um slightly edit the yeah I definitely did because I was gonna say wow everyone that drinks Seattle coffee is so creative they're like <laughs> they have Lightroom on their phones so I, so I think the minimum requirement for me is always that it's a good quality photo and then I'll yeah. take it into Visco Cam and I'll change like the exposure, sharpen it a bit, throw a tiny little or like change the contrast or a tiny bit of the same filter on just so that they all have like a slight blue tinge to it, like yes. a navy tinge, which is very Seattle to me. And then I upload it, but it's like really not a lot of work. Yeah, and you do this all on your iPhone. Literally all on my iPhone. That's amazing. I love that. I and mean, at the beginning, we did some barista shots with my camera and I was like, why am I? I know. It I takes actually, so much camera work. Shots. It's like... It fucks with me. And also, like, then your feed, it's like, I either want it to be all professional or all iPhone. Like, it's yeah. a weird when it's, uh, yeah. It's so funny because I was working with this Gen Z. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, what's the camera? You no, know, he was so, um, I was consulting on a fashion, a local fashion brand. Yeah. Um, because I'm also in that phase that you were in where I'm, like, trying a bunch of things and seeing what works for me. And I was consulting on this brand and I met this guy and we were working together on a campaign for the brand. And... He taught me so much about like just using what you have, you know, like yeah. he, didn't ha- he doesn't have a fancy camera. Yeah. He's like, oh no, we'll just shoot on the iPhone. I'm like, what? It's not going to be like high res. He's like, why? We're not going to put on a billboard. And I'm that's, like, oh yeah. yeah, that's true. <laughs> and he's like, it's for Instagram. I'm like, okay. And he just told me like the advice he gave me on my profile. He was like, you know what? I'd love to see more of, because he obviously started following me. He's like, I'd love to see you just try things. Like just try different ways of like um you know doing things and i think kylie jenner did that with her brand like usually you'd have a brand bible and you'd release like the products would all have the same packaging and whatever that's very boring yeah and she was like no i'm gonna have different packaging for each of my like releases yeah which is so like out of this world but that gets the hype because if you think like estelle order does and you drop their double wear foundation great but it, like it all looks yeah. the same they have not changed their packaging exactly. in like eight million years where kylie jenner launches something new and i think the thing is we're living in this phase it still is instagram and mm. people want instagramable things and i yeah. think that's like why glossier blew up in the way that it did because it grew it, like blew it did a whole brand that was literally based on creating cool shit for instagram and it was like really. millennial pink the, the millennial pink they, they killed color. millennial pink they killed it <laughs> they killed so it I'm, hard. I'm done with millennial pink on every level i know i was like i was the new so my event that I'm running is called the Millennial Mama. Yeah. Um and it's like my life's work now because I'm obviously really passionate about being a mom. And when the designer was designing our logo, I was like, you know, like I really wanted to be millennial pink, but millennial pink is so overdone. Yeah. And then she came up with something cool. But what colour are you now? It's like millennial purple. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's not millennial purple. It's still millennial pinkish. Um but we instead of doing millennial pink we're doing like this really cool green that's like brings out the pink and makes it look more interesting like a dark green so she's really cool and she's like on the cusp of like I feel like she's a Gen Z thinker. Love so it. I'm like, I'm all about the Gen Zs. They are so, They're so dynamic. Cool. They're so cool. They are and the, what they're doing with like changing the game 
in like all senses of the word is so interesting for me and like especially stepping out of that influencer space and like we're just observing everything and now yeah. like things are just dying it's like things are just bombing around me <laughs> and i'm like everything's dead like how are you people making money this is dead <laughs> and then seeing them come up and like do really cool um things with social media like making a difference and like launching their own brands or just telling stories and that's um what i think you guys have really tapped into as well it's like telling the story of yeah. the user enjoying the coffee i think you posted a lot on your twitter too i love twitter i love I lo- i've always loved social media and twitter is probably still my favorite yeah i love talking shit so I, love talking I, love shit. <laughs> I mean i put my twitter actually on private now because oh really I, yeah it's been on private for a while because i used to have I think my problem used to be I used to have too much of an opinion yeah, yeah. and it used to get me in trouble sometimes. <laughs> so now I put it on private, which means I can kind of share my opinion a little bit more freely because I yeah. know it's not going to get retweeted and blown up in the so same way. So is Instagram open? My Instagram's also on private. I put oh. everything on private. Once I got this job at Seattle, I put everything on oh, private. Oh, well, you had to, right? Because it's better for the I brand. I didn't so. have to. No one asked me to and it wasn't a thing. I was just like... I think I got to the point where I was like, I'm going to do this. This is a full-time job now. Yeah. Like, I care so much about this. I don't care about followers anymore. Yeah. Like, at, there was a point that I cared about having followers yeah. and I cared about working with brands. I haven't worked with brands in over a year since I worked with Seattle. I just want to say also the comment on, like, not caring about followers. Like, for everyone listening, because a lot of people are so obsessed with this. I'm like... I used to be... Like, I always wanted followers. followers means nothing. nothing. I know, I know. It's, and it's, it's just a stupid number. Nothing. Especially when it's so easy to buy followers. It's, it's so easy so to buy likes. Relevant. It's ridiculous. Even on a brand scale, like, I still obviously work with brands in my job, and I have meetings with brand directors all the time. And they don't give a flying F about how many people follow you. They care about... They literally read the comments. And, like, one of my brands was saying, if he sees people commenting like a lot of emojis on your post like a lot of like flame emojis and it's like a bot doing it no he's a, he doesn't even say it's a bot even if it's real people he's like that's not the conversation i want about no, my brand lazy, yeah it's like i don't want people to be like flame emoji yeah. and they look at my brand so he's like i want them to actually engage with the brand and if yeah. if, a, if they're not if they don't care about you they're just gonna comment like like flame and then it's like i don't care i'm just commenting for the sake of it and i think that also the other thing that i think is instagram like interesting with instagram is now they're getting rid of the likes yes i've also noticed engagement has completely dropped on your actual feed i think everyone's watching stories and it's impossible to scroll horizontally and vertically you're doing one or the other like there's just too much content on it like do you remember when instagram was literally chronological photos i miss the good old days and you would put that what was that first filter on the great filter um, that everyone used i can't even remember it was like the most popular filter of everyone all time. used the same filter you didn't even you literally took your photo you filtered it in instagram and you posted it yeah. you put your caption you were done i mean we've mayfair oh, yeah mayfair. Mayfair. we literally we've literally like ruined everything by making it so complicated yeah. instagram so, for me is very complicated now i click on the explore page i can buy stuff i can watch stuff I can watch professional videos. I can watch stories. I can yeah. watch. I can see stuff on your feed. I'm like, I know too much about you. I'm but it's done. almost like you, and it's like they really wanted to create something that you can't put down. And I, I don't like that. Like I love reading. I like doing other things. Like I don't want to be forced. I think that's why the founders left because no, they're they like, did. Yeah, they're like, we don't want this. Like, well, the founders of WhatsApp also left, and I think that had a lot to do with necessarily like Facebook not necessarily Facebook being the best. everything that's the worst company do you know ever. they're changing the name to Instagram like by Facebook or something oh they're my gosh and they're going to change WhatsApp to Instagram like WhatsApp by Facebook or something like that oh my god that's he literally really wants the credit for I feel like these apps are all dying though yeah like slowly like Instagram yes they're doing the you can't put me down thing 
Um, but I think that that's pushing people to like just not. But care. I mean, I saw that TikTok is now on 500 million users. Whoa. I saw, I read on Business of Fashion yesterday. But I can't fuck with TikTok. Can you just tell me, explain TikTok? I tried. To me? I've, t- I've tried. I it don't is, understand it. I've literally got my boss's 10 year old daughter to give me lessons. Oh I'm going to pay someone else to do so it. So does she use TikTok? What, she does, uses she, what does she create on there? She creates these really funny, great videos. And I actually think TikTok is so cool if you. Are, if you get it <laughs> if you're like 8 to probably like 17 and you want a creative outlet that's just fun and quite instant and you okay. can play around with it like there's so much fun I that you can like have I see like some cool it. dancing videos on there because yeah. I'm a fan of dancing videos and I it's quite wholesome dance. almost really it's like wholesome meets like fun creativity without like caring so much because all I see on TikTok is like people singing their, mouthing their favorite song to the camera I'll show you some videos it's okay some really I need to see some other stuff because I, I found this cool I, I tweeted it the other day this dad and daughter dancing yeah I always saw to that. a song and I was like this is so fun like that's the kind of stuff I want to watch and that's like wholesome if I see someone doing another rolling their eyes sticking their tongue out and singing their favorite song it's Done. like please stop and then the other thing I read on Business of Fashion yesterday was apparently Snapchat is making a comeback oh Oh, yeah. Apparently, their users are up again. Oh, and I wow. think that's a gain. Of, remember how cool Snapchat was? I love Snapchat when it started yeah. because it was so closed and there were no brands on it. So we could literally post whatever we wanted. And you could literally see you had like maximum like three, four hundred followers. Maybe yes. you had a few thousand. A couple but it, was, thousand, but it yeah. wasn't the same as Instagram. Where yeah. It wasn't that. It was more real. It was more real. And then like I you knew it. like no brand was going to watch what you were saying. Like yeah. where. Even on, now, I don't even post anything. I just post stories. And, if, and back in the Snapchat days, I was like addicted. I, I only Snapchat. I would sing to my Snapchat. I would have Me DMCs too. with my Snapchat. <laughs> I would drive and have like a live uh, Q&A with my Snapchat. It was like the best thing ever. And now um, Snapchat is gone. <laughs> well, I, I think back. Kylie left and then... Everyone removed themselves once, with her. Once, I mean, I mean, once Instagram stories yeah. thing, you had all the followers But Kylie's there. now everywhere and all over. I'm sure she is. But it's the same stories that she uh, the team posts is on it? all of the apps. It must yeah. be nice to have a whole team. I know. I mean, I would love a whole team. Speaking of a whole team, do you have a whole team working on Seattle? So it depends what your definition of a team is. Okay. So I have Megs, who is the community manager. So any complaints and compliments, okay. she deals with all of that. All the girls work. That's horrible. Yeah. I would not want to be the complaints person. <laughs> I mean, I got to say that we do get a lot more compliments than complaints. And the complaints are really far few and far between they're really not that many which is which again is like how good seattle is at a brand that they generally resolve complaints at the store level so it doesn't yeah. come through that much lots of compliments which she also replies to and then i have michelle who is the designer art director and that is pretty much the team so did you hire an art director when you joined um because i don't think they had one before so right? they had a designer at the time and she kind of didn't work out okay um so then i needed someone new and yeah. i actually posted on my instagram story and oh that's how gosh. Michelle found out that we were looking for one and then I interviewed about four or five people and she was the one who really stuck out for me so and then LinkedIn do you guys ever like market on there because I know they say LinkedIn is like a good place to find we consumers. never LinkedIn I did set up a Seattle LinkedIn page just because I wanted on my LinkedIn to have yes. the actual <laughs> logo I hate it when it's blank yeah um so I set it up but we never use LinkedIn um we don't hire for head office very often um but the baristas get hired so often and we actually have way more applicants than we can take oh wow but i personally use linkedin and i think it's unbelievable and i think like a lot of um what i was reading is that people are using linkedin to like create content on there as well um that targets professionals which yeah. i think is really cool like i actually have been using the app a lot now 
um, just to read posts from like people that I yeah. follow because I follow a lot of um, like just random professionals I, that I don't even know. I haven't yeah. met. I've just like followed them and followed their content. And it's really interesting, like the articles that they share. And it's like a more um, professional space. Yeah. Um, so what do you, are you guys going to tap into that, do you think? Or? Probably not. Okay. I'm, I'm really wanting to go to TikTok. Okay, I really? Like I, I want to go to TikTok. I think that Instagram is pretty much over. Yeah, I um, agree. I'm, I think Facebook is over too. Although we are still getting huge amounts of engagements on both, which is fine. And so we'll run it until it's done. But I think, but it's weird for social media for me because you remember when we had MySpace. My MySpace, like How quickly MySpace it. died when Facebook started. Yeah. And that was like, 2007 so that that's when I got Facebook so that's already 12 years ago and I really didn't think that Facebook would be around as long I'm as it I'm surprised that I don't even know how to use Facebook anymore <laughs> like my assistant has to figure it out for me because I don't know how to use it I literally don't know I, I mean for my personal it. thing I just use it for birthdays and occasionally I'll find post like a funny meme just so that people know I'm still alive okay <laughs> and I then think I changed my profile picture once a year <laughs> and then Facebook social media we post on Facebook very often and we get a huge amount of engagement yeah. it's all gathered. so who do you think is the audience that lives on these like various apps in terms of like age? I think age group Facebook is definitely older okay like uh, when you say older what age are you talking 35 about 35 and up okay so post millennial yeah, <laughs> post millennial and then I think Instagram is 18 to 35 and then okay. TikTok is I don't know who's on there. We have a whole 19 followers. It's so funny because with my business, I'm nowhere near playing in like the lower age bracket. Yeah. And it's so interesting listening to you talk about TikTok and how important TikTok may be in building like uh, a brand loyalty amongst the like youth. I mean, because the thing is, like if you think about it in terms of just people having money. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone has less money than millennials. Yeah. Like, millennials don't have money. So marketing to millennials is almost funny it's like everyone makes a joke like millennials are broke because we buy avo toast and cappuccinos like oh, yeah we so are true. buying the cappuccinos at seattle 100 and gucci apparently millennials apparently buy a lot of gucci did you know that not south african ones not though. south african millennials <laughs> I mean, without actually rate, i don't know i think like we'd without be surprised rands. yeah uh, with the amount of people like who are investing in places and stuff oh yeah that's true yeah like, i mean there's I mean, some gucci flying around <laughs> But, the, but like it, it's like I'm desperate on millennials that we had to like invent being blessed by an older man and sugar daddy we literally recreate we rebranded sugar daddy and called it blesser and we were like you know what we'll be okay I, mean, <laughs> I, I, read, I literally read an article that at UCLA in LA obviously 75% of women who attended said they had a blesser well not a blesser they don't call it there they call it yeah. a sugar daddy I mean because the thing is we need to send that branding over to America so that they know. <laughs> they know. There's a new title. Blessed. It's Blesser. But the truth is, like, what things cost in, I don't want to say the olden days, but, like, a while ago. Yeah. Um, in terms of how expensive our rent is, how expensive food is, cost. And I just look at, like, my sister. And then like, what people offer as salaries. It's a joke. It's a, jo- it's a, it's joke. a joke. It's an actual joke that people want us to live like this. I just think of my sister and how she, like, I love that we are six years apart. She's so much younger than me. And her way of thinking and how she saves money is so fascinating to me because yeah. I don't think about saving money. I'm like, I love Avo on toast. She's okay, like, so you and me are the same. Yeah, My she'll be like, Avo is, this, the the Avo is this price and like, how can you buy Avo? It's like, just give up Avo for a month and I'm like, no, no never, it's not never. happening. I love, I love Avo I mean, on I toast. Remember, I remember being like, almost broke, like this is a while ago, <laughs> like being almost broke, having probably like 200 rand in my bank account. I'm still going to have a cappuccino. It's with a almond joke. Milk. I'm not going to not have my cappuccino with almond milk. My like, sister I said the same thing to me. She's like, I thought you were investing in your new brand and I said, 
Yeah, and then she's like, well, why are you going out to eat? And I'm like, yeah, but you don't <laughs> it's understand. It's not the same thing. These are two I need different to things. Eat. <laughs> I need to eat out. It's important <laughs> to me. It's my lifestyle. Yeah. So I think that's like where we go wrong. And with our event that I'm doing is like we're focusing a lot on um, financial planning for millennials and like how we can get ourselves out of debt. Yeah. Because um, obviously I'm in the mom market and I'm focusing that on... That stuff looks very expensive. Yeah, what? Being a mother. Being a mother is expensive. And it's really exciting for me to like <laughs> go into that avenue and talk to moms about like how are we going to manage the fact that we fucking love avos and yeah. cappuccino and having sashimi. Yeah. And obviously you don't have sashimi. And living the body. same life that living you had. Living the life you pre, have plus one. Kids, yeah. Yeah. It's hard. And then you have your kid and your kid's like millennial too. So you have he to. He wants avo and quinoa yeah, too. You're a, mille- a millennial born kid. Like my kid is born from a millennial. So he's, he's never going to have cow's milk. No. He's ever. like not going to have dairy. He's probably going to be vegan when he's five. <laughs> like, you know. Where's the tofu at? Like he's like. He does. My my son doesn't eat sweets like it's not something that's interesting to him he doesn't look at it he doesn't fuck with sweets he's like it's not exciting broccoli kid no he has dates like he'll he'll say more for a date or a banana or like a date ball don't run him with like no I can't I can't even if I wanted to yeah he won't so the funny story about my kid and I have to tell his kid's story because I'm a mom and that's what we do Um, we went to Paris and um, in Paris obviously there's like it's croissant heaven so we used to go to this um Blangerie, little bakery every morning and he would get a mini croissant and then we go back to England and he's like screaming for this croissant at like our Seattle which was um, narrow so he's like screaming for a croissant and I get him one so he takes one thing. bite and he tosses it out of his pram <laughs> like literally throws it and I'm like oh my god this bougie ass kid <laughs> wants a Parisian croissant that's what I'm dealing with you you the problem is you gave him the best first I know you didn't build him up to that he's like about the dark chocolate life like don't Cadbury him he's not gonna eat it he's like lint, 90% only <laughs> I'm obsessed. So, um, tell you what's next for you personally, and then you within the brand. Like, what are your goals for the brand? What do you feel like you still want to achieve with Seattle now that you're like taking over this baby? Um, there's a lot. There's a vision in my head that I have of how I want the brand to look and to feel and to be. And we've like, it's been I've been there 14 months, so it's kind of rolling out slowly. But there's still a lot that's in the pipeline, and then a lot that I still need to work on. So I kind of have a vision of taking up really from the 1997 look and feel, bringing it into 2019. But the 90s are back. They are. They are back. But I think in a curated way, yes. which is what we kind of need to do yeah. more of. So what about revamping that. stores? Like, is that something that you guys are into? <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the new stores in Joburg, but they are unbelievable. Really? That, the the Seattle's that have been opening in Joburg and Rosebank, um, Cresta, um, Brahm, like, unbelievable so stores. So I'm saying I'm going up to Joburg next week um, to shoot a TVC and I'm staying at... Um, the how to know the way can I get to a new Seattle have you been to the mark in Santon no I haven't ooh, ooh, what ooh, is ooh. it what it's, is it tell me everything a, I think it was an old shopping center that they redid the entire oh, thing okay. and now it looks like a giant gold pineapple oh my god okay. <laughs> and I mean, it has all the flagship stores um, and the Seattle there is just honestly unbelievable so I need to go to Seattle at the mark and then in, yes. in Cape let's just give me all the best Seattles I want to know all the best ones the one in Rosebank the one in Rosebank the one in Rosebank one 
That one they've just opened. Thanks, like, producer I even, I, <laughs> My job will look up. I haven't even been to the one in Rosebank yet. Apparently, that's amazing. There's one in Greenside, which has a beautiful outside area. They're just opening them so fast. So my Joburg. favorite Seattle in Cape Town is the one in Woodstock in Solari. Because that love, was like the chicest one. one I think I could find. In terms of service, the best one in Cape Town, though, is the Constantia. Constantia Village. Cheapest I can get into a conversation with, with the everyone there. For like this this, minute. Like this, the, the, I love the baristas at Constantia Village. They so are they amazing. need a revamp. Come on, do it. I agree. And where's your next, like, what's your next big thing that you want to tell us that you can tell us about? That I can tell about Seattle. Yeah, like what's happening that we can get excited about I'm besides really, your awesome social media? Besides awesome social media, there are, we are working on, we're like listening to customers a lot okay. more and I think there are a lot more sugar-free things, gluten-free things. That's oh, a lot of stuff so that awesome. we've been wanting to do that I think will definitely start coming out in the pipeline um, and then for me the whole thing has been like around sustainability okay awesome um, because I really want to push a lot more people not using takeaway cups not yeah. using those freeze cups so we have a lot of solutions around that coming through and that's the stuff that I'm actually really passionate about because like design is all cool but like what about climate change <laughs> I'm gonna sneeze Let's okay see. I'm not gonna sneeze it's gone. Okay. <laughs> you know, so my biggest fear is sneezing on a podcast. I it was nearly realized and then you just It was yourself. so big. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm so lucky to have producer Sammy with me. <laughs> I'm so glad that you spoke about sustainability and like greenifying your brand. And I'm calling Seattle your brand because you work for Seattle. Um, I think that it's really important for brands to make that adjustment. And I think like you guys are now moving as a leader in... Well, I'm going to say this, I guess, is that you're moving as a leader because you've revamped a brand that yeah. seemed like it couldn't get revamping, like we were all secretly consuming it. And I think that's exciting for other brand managers and creative directors listening to this. Like, it can be done. And like, how can we tap into like making our brand a new age brand? Um, and I think sustainability is like a huge part of it. And I think not, I think they call it greenwashing, but not to do that. Yes. Not, and I hate this thing where it says by 2020, we or 2021, yeah. we're going to have done that. Don't fucking tell me what you're going to do. Yeah, it's Just like my dad always it. says, don't talk about projected earnings because no, it's not real. <laughs> it's really not. That's like a thumbs up. Please don't tell me what you're going to do for me in three, four, years i'm like yeah. i don't really care tell me like do it and then show me what you've done yes. and that's really like what we've been working on is behind the scenes i mean even if you use your keep cup you don't even have to use a seattle keep cup you can bring any eco cup that's into so seattle amazing. you get 10 off your order so basically if you do that 10 times you get an extra free coffee yeah because you know in the uk that's a huge culture yeah. day, so um i would take my cup with me wherever i went and then just rinse it out and yeah. and have a new coffee put in wherever no one asked you to bring their branded yeah. cup to the it's like not i normal. mean yeah i think some people do ask for branded but i mean but that's again consumers are saying they want these things but then you have to get the consumer to put their money where their mouth is and yeah buy a cup you don't have to buy a seattle buy any cup but then to actually go out of your way to remember because i know it is a little bit inconvenient and i think the actual yeah. the best way around is having probably like two or three like one at your office desk and one in your, in car. your car so you mm. always have one and then you grab it because honestly if you save 10 percent each time there's a free coffee every so for me coffee. like uh, just a tip on on doing that guys is that i in the morning i always have um because i have a lot of coffee meetings in the mornings i don't drive with my coffee because then i'm gonna have another coffee yeah. it's like exhausting so what i usually do is i put um like a rooibos tea in my cup and i just sip on that while i'm in the traffic because i get loads of traffic when i'm coming in so that's like 45 minutes obviously you need a drink so i'll have my rooibos tea yeah <laughs> so i'll have my rooibos tea in the morning and then i already have my cup in my car and rooibos tea doesn't really um make stain it yeah it doesn't stain taste, it or make yeah. it like stinky or anything and then i'll just grab it when i'm at another meeting and then 
ask them to rinse it out for me and just add a new coffee and it just makes things so much easier. So I don't use a branded cup from any of the coffee brands. I guess it is a coffee brand. I use the Nespresso um, cup, thermal cup, because it's like really keeps my, my product warm. warm. Yeah. yeah. So even if I like was at a meeting, because this often happens to me, I'll be talking like a lot and then I won't actually drink my coffee. And so it goes cold. Yeah. So now it's still warm. I can yeah. have it after the client has left me. So that's a cool like sustainability tip, I guess, yes. for our podcast. That's and a then great one. I want you to quickly punt um, Cheeky Co, because I know you're involved <laughs> in it. Just tell us a little bit about it before I'm we finish I'm not directly, oh, I'm a little bit involved. It's um, So I had Nifty with Lucas. Lucas has now started um, the Cheeky Co, and his first product is called Orbs, and they basically dry roasted chickpeas encased in dark single origin chocolate and it is really delicious it's vegan it's gluten-free it's not sugar-free it has a tiny bit of sugar and it's really fucking delicious oh my gosh it and is i'm so obsessed exciting. with them i think they're so moorish i think they're so different yeah i think like if you had wanted the alternatives that are available now they all have gluten or they have nuts in and people have allergies to both of those so i think this is just a fun different thing he's done such a good job of the packaging yeah. such a good job of the social media did you media. help out like with the social media or packaging at all um so he runs everything i'm kind of like a little bit of a consultant where he'll yes, run things okay. by me and he gets like my Best stamp consultant. of approval but i gotta say it was actually really nice because once he launched he actually turned around and said to me he's like i finally like actually realized like what you were doing at nifty mm. like how much work it took because and i think that's the thing in social media is everyone thinks it's really fun it's really easy it's fast and like maybe you give that impression or maybe i give that impression that it is but it is a lot of work yeah it's a lot of um, and he finally was like wow like you actually were doing a lot of work to get this amount of content this amount of yeah. followers and i said to him how do you think we got any of our yes, exactly they all came from instagram it's not like we didn't have a physical product that was in stores we didn't have an actual store we didn't yeah. have customers from another business it was literally everything was done on instagram and um, that's what i'm finding with my my new business which is the millennial mama yeah i'm so focused on on this eventing business i'm like how do i even have time to create content yeah i'm in meetings all day trying to yeah. pitch my, my idea and then it's like I don't have time to create content. What kind of content do I create? And that's where the beauty happens is that you can only create natural content. Yeah. Which is like... For which those, is better. Yeah. For those people out there who like... I think a lot of people listening to this podcast, they're either working for brands, which is why I wanted you to be here and talk to them and just like give them some direction on where they can be thinking about moving ahead with their personal... the brands that they're working on or their personal brand. And I think a lot of people get discouraged and think like, oh... Everything has to be professional. Yes. So you need a photography. You or need like the, the market's like, oh, you know, this brand has gotten in into social media first and like now we'll never ever be able to bring our brand up because we don't have any followers we yeah. don't have any presence so I think what Seattle's done with the thing is like I mean when amazing. I started they had 4,000 followers on Instagram and they'd had that account for years and yeah. years I mean in 14 months we are nearly we're about to hit 10,000 which is a lot in this which is landscape. a lot in this market where people don't firstly people don't like to follow brands in the first place like, like it's much easier to get someone to follow a person yes. than a brand like and also, like, I, if I follow a brand, like, if they come up in my feed, I often unfollow. Like, why did I ever follow this brand? This makes yeah. no sense. Was I trying to win a competition or something? Yeah, exactly. Um, so to get like someone to, like, actually follow a brand is very difficult. And I think also it used to be much easier because you didn't have the algorithm. And now yeah. the algorithm kicks you out, basically, and doesn't want to show you. <clears throat> so a lot of people are spending a lot of money um, 
boosting posts and sponsoring and we haven't spent one cent really literally we don't that's I, phenomenal i think that's the thing that people don't understand literally it's all user generated well some i'm the other user yeah and then, um, <laughs> and then it's also it's all organic it's all organic reach it's not one cent has been spent on facebook ads or instagram and that's got a lot actually more to do with my bosses who just are not about spamming people with marketing i also think that's so encouraging especially like when you have a small business and you like eat tight with budgets to have to like spend budget on thousands and thousands yeah it ends up being so expensive to market on social media the thing is that i always think about is like have i bought anything from <laughs> plenty from <laughs> <laughs> from an Instagram ad and the truth is I have and I've never bought something like when it yeah. comes up and it says has that oh, sponsored line me. you just you just completely ignore it it's like a banner ad or it's like, like a I'll billboard. never buy it again you'll never actually. like it actually pisses you off it spams you it's in your feed yeah. it's a truth like you hate it no it's intrusive because it I'm here to chill and you're like it's my lunch break I just want to see cute things yeah. whereas like if you post a beautiful flat layer of a coffee or you post like your beautiful like collab that you did with Baikara and all of yeah. that kind of stuff that makes me want to buy it because you have it and you putting your sample yeah. of authority an ad of something just like and often those ads are very badly designed and, and so they, generic which, which makes them ugly and they pop out even more and you're just like wow can I scroll this any faster it's so cool to speak to someone I think that like for me like it's really cool to have you on, on the podcast because <laughs> we started in the same sort of setting of like being really passionate about Back then, I don't think we even knew we were passionate about marketing. It was just like, oh, I'm passionate about something, like creating shit. And then you like create this website and it takes you to on this journey to eventually yeah. finding a job where you can, you know, put that passion back in. And I think like a lot of people think that they need to start their own businesses. Um, and as much as I love small business, I think it's really cool that you decided to go and work for a brand because you can be successful like in many ways, you yeah. know, you can have your own business, you can be an Instagram celebrity, you can be a TV presenter, or you can just work for Seattle and recreate <laughs> the entire fucking social media <laughs> presence. Yes. And it's all meaningful and like, it all means something and it makes you feel good. we can hear your passion yeah it makes you feel good and uh, yeah I, I think the it. thing for me has always been about every single thing I do that's new is always growing on what I've done before yeah so like everything I started like when we started we both probably went to Orms and bought our little cameras yes. and we're making our little things and then <laughs> we try to figure out what the hell is Lightroom and like every single step of the way we've learned more and more and more and I think the other thing that all of the work in the past has really helped me with is just connections yes and in terms of knowing like this is a cool photographer and this is someone I want to use and like yeah. I want to work with a lot of young creatives like I'm not really interested in working with people who have been doing shooting massive campaigns for people for thousands of years yeah. like, I don't want anything that looks like it's already been done yeah so I'm like literally I scour literally Instagram to find young cool people doing weird shit that I'm like Ooh, why don't we do a whole lot of Spotify covers that were yes. literally shot on film like this makes absolutely no sense to shoot film double exposure for something that's going to go live on the internet exactly. like we could it just shoot need this Aries. on a Canon 5D and someone literally messaged me and was like you could just you know you could get this effect in Photoshop I was like that's not the point this is art yeah and the thing is like <laughs> just to have fun and to do weird shit and I think that's the cool thing that Seattle's given me that I didn't have nifty I have with nifty in the past is that there is budget available to play. Yes. And that this is like a first for me to actually have budget and to be like realize concept. Business no, and I, I think the thing that everyone always asks me is like the biggest difference between having your own business and then yeah. having a job. And I mean, Seattle, I still work it as almost it's like hard. I work it hard. Like I, I love working. Like yeah. I always have a million ideas. I'm always going to be working on it. I mean, the Instagram doesn't stop Saturday, Sunday, yeah. 11 p.m. <laughs> like all this shit is always still coming through. But I think the biggest difference is that 
in the past, everything was my problem. Yeah. So the Wi-Fi doesn't work at the office. Talia, can you fix the Wi-Fi? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, uh, the, like a customer gets, like sometimes like once or twice we would send the wrong order to someone or they're missing this photo or this photo got corruptively. Every single issue in the business was always my you. issue that yeah. I had to fix or like Lucas and I were fixing. Whereas Seattle, of course, everything, if there's a problem, it's a problem. But like, there's so many other people who have jobs yes. and it's their job to fix that. Like, I don't have to worry about that. Everything. No, I don't have to worry about that the shop's going to be open at this time and they're going to have almond milk and they're mm. going to have macadamia and, like, how this is going to process through the system and your GPs and all that kind of stuff. I just get to focus on, like, what I want to focus on. Yeah. I'm really enjoying that more focused energy. Well, I just want to firstly thank you because oh, I feel so you. inspired after speaking to you and just, like, these are conversations that I really wanted to have for you for with you for so long i mean i've been texting and saying we should get together but i have like the worst schedule so you've lived in london no i mean i'm living in two countries (laughs) i'm just all over the place so i had to drag you onto my podcast to get to know what i loved having this conversation no it's so awesome and i just want to thank you for inspiring us and and our listeners and and just thank you to all the listeners uh to tune in for tuning in and i hope you guys are super inspired by talia because i surely am boom we out This is a POC podcast production.